things that bump in the night. Things that creep us out. Voices from another realm. The figures that move out of the corner of your eye. That odd light in the sky. Hey everybody, welcome back to It Came From Amity. Welcome back. Across from me as always is Noah Weddle, my faithful co-host and my uh, producer. You're ride or die. That's right. And today is an audio only episode. Like I said, we'll probably do video, what, once a month? So we did our April's uh, episode, I think, last week on Jeffrey Dahmer. If you have not seen that episode uh, on YouTube, I highly encourage you to go check it out. It's a really good episode, audio-wise and video-wise, and uh, I think you guys would really enjoy it. Uh, very uh, well edited by Noah, and uh, but today's just audio. So real quick before we get into our episode, I just wanted to do some quick housekeeping, as we tend to do. If you know anyone that likes the morbid, the macabre, the creepy, the, the scary, the odd, the weird, um, share us with your friends and family. You know, tell them all about us, what we do. Um, and, and what we talk about, and that's the best way to help us out, to help us grow, um, is word of mouth. Um, we are refusing to let Facebook win the algorithm battle, uh, and paying them to spread the word that way. And, uh, so if you guys would help us out by letting other people know that we exist, that'd be great because paranormal podcasting and true crime podcasting are the number two largest growing genres in podcasting. Um, number one and number two, respectively. Um, some podcasts do just paranormal. Some podcasts do just true crime. Some of them combine them and we do all of it. So um, if you don't like true crime and you like, like paranormal, we got you. If you uh, like paranormal, but not true crime, we got you. We got it all. So whatever your taste is, we got you. So, um, and we're going to plan on doing the live videos probably once a month. Yep. Once a month. Um, we don't have a set schedule on those. Yeah. Whenever and, we kind of feel like doing it. And with, and with all the editing that Noah has to do, it's just better to do one live episode or yeah, one record, right. or at least a video episode a month because there is so much editing. There's to a lot to, of editing, especially if we want to add any audio or clips, photos, videos to help back up those episodes. It just takes some time to get it out. And we don't, we don't do this full time, so we have to allocate time to get this stuff done. So that's why we do it. Also, if you have been listening to us for a while and you've liked us either on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us, the other way you can help us out is by going to teespring.com, searching it came from anybody, go to our store, and you can uh, do merchandise through there. Uh, we got hats, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts leggings, socks, tote bags, you name it, we got it. And that money doesn't go to our pockets. Like I've said before, that goes into buying uh, additional equipment, whether it be for field work, um, in the studio or whatever, that helps us build better content and better quality content as we go down the road. Um, with that said, we'll get into our episode today. Uh, today we were talk talking about a property down in Mitchell, Indiana called the Whispers Estate. And 
as we get in the episode, you'll learn why it's called the Whispers. So it's not home to the Whisperers from Walking Dead. It is not. Oh no, no, uh, dang, no Alpha lives in this house. Did you, did you see that Walking Dead finally got canceled? It did after what ten seasons? Twelve yep, seasons? 11, something? Eleven, something like that. Rest in peace, Walking Dead. <laughs> right. So. We'll get right into this. So the Whispers estate was actually built in 1894, which is the earliest records that they have uh, based on, you know, state and county records. Um, so in 1899 or 1901, depending on uh, what source you're getting it from, uh, Dr. John and Jesse Gibbons purchased the house from the original owners, which was Dr. George and Sarah White. So apparently doctors. Now, you got to remember, in this time of... Uh, Just vanilla, white, white doctors. Yeah. And uh, you got to remember, too, in this time, and, and we'll get to this, too, why it might be so haunted, is in that time of day, uh, in that era, it was very common for doctors to practice out of their home because yeah. they wouldn't have to buy a second property and they could do everything on one floor and they could live on the other and keep their lives, their professional and their uh, private lives. Uh, That's why those, there's separate. so many of those like Victorian looking houses that are haunted because they were the rich doctors that owned them. And yeah, yeah they would just kill patients in there on accident. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. No, it's haunted. So one of the recorded deaths that you have in there was one of, uh, one of, um, uh, Dr. John and Jesse's uh, kids, uh, they actually, uh, they adopted kids and they adopted orphan kids. And um, one of the, well, I guess one of the kids was a 10 year old girl named Rachel. She started a fire in the front parlor of the house and her burns were so severe that two days later she died. What a turd. And um, why'd you start the fire then, Rachel? I know. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say how she started it either. It just says she started a fire in the front parlor and two, she died two, year later, two days later in the upstairs bedroom. Uh, one of the upstairs bedrooms. She's probably just playing with the oven or something. Yeah, I mean, you got... And plus, if uh, in those days, matches were um, much more easily struck than they are now. Um, yeah. You could strike them almost on any material and it would spark. Plus but their now, clothing, like, too. Their clothing uh-huh. burned like crazy. Well, I mean, back then it was all cotton. Yeah. And cotton will go up. And, um, Our clothing nowadays has stuff mixed in with it that's not as flammable. Yep. But back then, it was like a sack of potatoes, man. Yep. Just woof. Yeah, because it was either made of burlap or cotton, right. or sometimes a mixture. But um, but yeah, her it, she ended up dying, and they say that sometimes you can hear her or hear her, and sometimes you can see her running in the, around the house. And then also, uh, there was a ten month old infant named Elizabeth who died in the master bedroom of unknown causes. But they say that you can still smell the scent of baby powder in that room. And Ooh. sometimes you can still hear, hear her cry. That's creepy. Um, it also said that the doctor's wife, Jesse, died in the same bedroom after a bout with double pneumonia. And Honestly, that, this sounds like most residences from the 1800s, 1900s. Mm-hmm. This is not really much different than, except for maybe the fire that killed the little girl. But most people would get sick at home and you would die at home. Yep. I mean, That's just how it happened. Yeah, it wasn't like being in like today where most everybody, well, the majority of people die uh, in hospitals or, or in hospice. homes and hospices yeah. and stuff. The, most of these people. You would work until the day you got pneumonia. Yeah. And then you would get, you'd get in bed and you would die in your late 50s or 60s. I mean, that's how it was back then. Or you'd go down the Oregon Trail and you get dysentery. And then the coroner would come. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor would make house visits. In this case, they were the doctor, but. 
Yeah. And then the coroner would come. They would pronounce you dead. They would pick you up from your bed and, you know, remove you from the house. Yeah. And then they'd bring you back to the house. They could do the wake, the wake. and stuff. So, yep. uh, that's why houses are haunted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, matter of fact, uh, uh, we can still see evidences of, uh, that kind of that double living today where like you have some nurse or uh, not nursing homes, but funeral homes, which are still lived in by the, the, the mortician. Um, that's not uncommon. Matter of fact, we had one here in Edinburgh up until recently. Um, and I won't name names cause I, I, I know I some of the family, do that, though. I know some of the family Have personally. A, so they I usually live in like the upstairs apartment or something. Yeah. The family would live upstairs. At least this family did. The family yeah. lived upstairs and the business was downstairs. I could not do that, dude. And, but some funeral homes still operate like that today. Well, to them, it's just a job. Right. I mean, they're around it every day. They don't, most morticians don't believe in ghosts or anything like that. You know, they're uh, just, they're just around it. We can actually talk about an episode about funeral home activities because there's really? lots of stories. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I, what I'm saying is it's just like being a EMT, mm-hmm. a heart attack's a heart attack. Like you've right. seen it so many times that it's like, okay, I, I know what this is. It's not shocking to me. Right. Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, I could say from experience that you do kind of. I don't want to say become desensitized. You're not to callous, it. but you are desensitized in a way. Yeah, I mean, I will say for me personally, like the effects of the job didn't hit me until two years after I got out. Yeah, and then that's when I started having the the memories coming back and the visions coming, and it's weird. And I'll say this, and I and and if and. Is for those of who might listen, who know first responders, who are first responders, or were first responders like myself, um, uh, flashbacks aren't like they portray in the movies. Uh, you know, where you're like, it's more like your mind projects like a like a like in a movie, but you see it in your mind. It's, it's like deja vu. Yeah, yeah. And and so you see it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, you. I guess when you are in it, or like I was. I mean, it was nothing to have someone, you know, in the darkest moment in their life. We get down at the run and we go get lunch, yeah. you know, because, you know, well, we're hungry. Um, so there is a, a certain desensit- uh, desensitivity of it, I suppose. And but, so a mortician, I mean, they're around the bodies all day. Mm-hmm. The bodies don't talk back to them, no, you know. Unless you're, so it's just like, yeah, it is what it is, man. So, it, it, yeah, I mean, it was a different life. And like I said, there are still funeral homes that, that operate like that today. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure there are even some doctor's offices. I think there's maybe one or two in Franklin there are like that, where it's a home and an office as well. It's like being a doctor, like an oncologist, mm-hmm. they tell you, Oh, you've got cancer. But to them, it's like, think about how many thousands of people in the past they've told the same thing to. It's, it's, it's no different for them. I can say that when I was in the field uh, as an EMT and we'd have someone that, that was sick and you know, they were terminal, uh, you know, and then they already knew it. Um, or even if they didn't know it and, you know, something was happening and they were just there uh, were injured or they were sick and they were just uh, declining. Uh, and, and you had to, and, and, or if you responded to a cardiac arrest and you were like letting the family know, like, Hey, you know, uh, your, your loved one has passed away. Uh, a lot of times on those scenes, I would be the one to tell the family that because the medic was busy doing other stuff. Uh, cleaning up or doing whatever, uh, talking to the fire department, talking to the police department. And I would communicate with the family quite often. Um, part of the reason I did that, it was to help not have other people do that uh, because that is a hard thing to, to tell Plus people. They want to know in that moment too. Right. And, and that they don't want to wait. And that was a hard thing. And, and that is a hard thing to do is to tell someone that a loved one has passed away. 
and that's one of the reasons why I did it is it didn't, I wasn't making, having, having to put someone else in that position to have to tell someone. So I did a lot, um, just so other people wouldn't have to. And, um, you know, whether it be my partner or, or fire guys on the scene or, or law enforcement, I, I would put that myself in that position, uh, just so no one else would have to. And it is a hard thing. And it, and that is something I never really got used to was doing it because, you know, you're, you're destroying someone in that moment. You know, you're, 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 you're definitively telling someone that their loved one isn't coming back and then there's no coming back from that. And, and, and you see that destruction and I guess it just depends on what kind of a person you are then. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're just, you, I mean, if you're just so, and that's the thing too, if you're a first responder and you're, you're so desensitized that, that that doesn't bother, you you need to get out. Yeah, because then you're no longer because you have to have some form. You know, you're not a human anymore. Passion to do the job, because that's yeah. why you get into. It. I mean, yeah, I mean, don't be wrong. I mean, a lot of us are drilling junkies too, which is why we do it. Uh, but you, do you don't want to turn into a sociopath, though. Yeah, because once you've lost the compassion to help people, then you're not. Then there's no reason to do it anymore. Right. And there's no there's no motivation to keep doing it. Um. But yeah, I mean, so I mean, even as a mortation, I think that you're. I mean, your number one goal, I think, and I, is to, you know, you're helping people. Funeral home directors, you're helping people. You're getting them through that day, uh, through that through that stage in their life as best as you can, and you're trying to be as compassionate as you can. Uh, and yeah, there is some desensitivity to it because you're you're you, that's your job, that's your business, but you're still compassionate, you're still respectful, you're still dutiful. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, so these doctors here in this era, I think, were the same way. So anyway. <laughs> until they until they themselves got sick, right? And which is what happened to Jesse, the the wife of the the doctor. Were they both doctors? No, I don't think so. Just the guy, just the guy, and then Jesse okay. was the, the housewife. Um, probably, she was probably the housewife slash nurse when he had people. That well, I'm was sure treating. she probably helped. So she probably knew enough about it. I'm sure. So, purportedly, because uh, people have woke up. No, like I said, Jesse died of double pneumonia. People have woke up uh, with labored breathing and coughing. Some people even woke up saying it feels like someone's sitting on their chest. People that have lived there? Is that what it is? People who visit, because you can book a room so for it's overnight. Like, it's like a bed and breakfast almost? Mm, not really. You no. just basically just book the room for the overnight or whatever. You can book. How far of a drive is it? About an hour from here or so. Hmm. Uh, and we can actually get into that too, because it, it's actually quite expensive to stay. Oh. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute and we can give you guys that booking information if you want. Um, uh, but we'll get through the content first. But, um, so the, sorry, Casey left his phone on. That's a no, no. <laughs> uh, so anyway, other people have reported, um, uh, the most common paranormal activity in that room is the closet doorknob and the master bedroom will jiggle for a few moments, stop suddenly and then pop open. Okay, that's when I would be staying the night there. I would be leaving and wasting my money. Uh, the maximum reported count for that occurrence uh, in, in, a, in a single night was five times in just a couple of minutes. I'm done. So, See you. So the, so the guest actually got up, shut the door, laid back down. A couple minutes later, jiggle, stop, pop open. And they repeated this five times in a series in about five as many Five times? Yeah. You can't blame that on wind or settling. No. Um, something was locked in the closet trying to get out, man. Oh, uh, that's, I mean, definitely someone was in there screwing around with you, you know, some mm-hmm. entity. 
So Dr. Gibbons was a prominent doctor in town at the time, and his office was on the first floor. And like I said, uh, given this period of uh, time, medical field, it was, you know, many, you know, you had the office on the first floor and usually residential was on the second and third floors, which I think there's three or four floors in this home. Um, yeah, it looked like a stacked house. You had, he had many patients die there during his practice of 26 or so years. Um, there are stories of uh, other owners and occupants suggest that um, that people have encountered their own demise there, such as an uh, individual in the 50s or 60s that died in the upstairs bathroom. There was a young boy that died from falling down the front staircase. And the person who wrote this particular article said that um, they spoke with the relatives of this little boy and they even had a name and other keywords so they could uh, try to see if this uh, to communicate with the spirit. In 2006, the previous owner bought the house after being vacant after a few years. During its restoration, strange activity started to occur. Now, if you are familiar with anything paranormal-wise, usually when you start to restore a property that already has a haunting... You start to stir it up. Then it really gets to be ramped up because they like... The energy. The, 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 they like their, their property to remain the same. They don't like restoration. They don't like it. They tend to... This is Well, it's place. like when you have a bottle... It's like when you have a glass of water and you have like sugar in it and you stir the sugar. Mm -hmm. It's sugary water. Mm -hmm. After a while, the sugar starts to plant itself on the bottom of the water. Right. Then you, you shake the water and you see it cloud up again. Yep. That's kind of what this is like, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and it's a resting place and then you start to stir it up and it gets unrestful. Well, it's like, um, and I can go back to my own personal EMS experience. Like in the ambulance, you have different compartments with different content in it. You know, our different materials. Okay, this has our airway yeah. stuff in it. This has got our drugs in it. This has got this in it, our bandaging. It'd be like if someone went in during one of my off shifts and I know everything's at, right? Someone went off to an off ships and said, you know, we're going to rearrange the ambulance today. We're going to, we're going to rearrange it. And I come back in for my next shift and nothing is where I know it to be. And I'm mad and I'm angry because yeah. how dare you disrupt my space? I think that's how the, the spirits probably feel. Did how you, dare you disrupt my space? Did you ever carry, this is a side question. Did you ever carry like shots of direct morphine on the ambulance? Uh, the morphine. So that's a narcotic. All the narcs had to be locked up. But you'd carried them with you in case you encountered like a car accident. Well, they, they were in the ambulance, but they were, but they were, um, typically we didn't take the, the narcotics out until the patient was actually but you did, in the back. You did have them just in case you needed them. Right. Okay. I was wondering how many people called repeat offenders that were hooked trying to get morphine shots yeah, and we, stuff. We almost never took the narcs out of the lockbox until the patient was actually in the ambulance. Very rarely did we go. Now it did happen on some occasion, but, uh, very rarely did we go out. Uh, unlock it, bring it into the house or onto the scene. Right. We would wait until the patient was in the back, then give them the narcs. I remember watching like, occasion. watching like Saving Private Ryan and stuff or like Band of Brothers. They would just shoot that stuff up. Like they would hand it out like it was candy. Yeah. I mean, just nonstop. Now in the ambulance, they weren't like just like already in uh, prepared syringes. They would have to be yeah. drawn up out of a vial and then yeah. given that way. And, um, the old times though, they just came in like a pre-prepared, yeah. you would just stick it, it in and they called a, they were called Surrettes. Yeah. The and, medic would have a whole bag of them on mm -hmm. him. Anyway, and, those were better times, weren't they? <laughs> but yeah, they, <laughs> the, the vials were actually sealed. So if you broke the seal, it was an accountability. So if you ever right. got in the truck and like, Oh no, the seals broke, then someone's oh, been I'm tampering sure they with had, the narcs. You had to keep bad, like strict records of every, oh, yeah. yeah. 
And there's been times where people have tampered with them and uh, they would they would basically steam up the seal to be able to unwrap it and mm-hmm. then they would draw it out and then they would water it and they would put like normal saline or water back into the vial and then they would seal it back up with the tape. And then, of course, you know, you go once, to get once, once yeah. this is found out, then you start going back through the documentation to figure out who signed in the, the drugs, yeah. who signed them out. And then you go, oh, it was this individual. And then all of a sudden now you have a medic or a firefighter all of a sudden in prison because they tamper with narcs, which is prison time. Yeah. Usually it's messed up anyway. Um, so, yeah. So I think then in, in, in when you re when you're remodeling a home, it's like you're but, screwing sorry, with space. Sorry to go back to that. My point was <laughs> uh, these docs, what I was going to make a point was back in the day, they would give you hair or not heroin, but morphine. Right. They would give the soldiers that right. it was more of a free thing. Right. right. These doctors, not only did they treat people in their house, they probably had their own little pharmacy too. Usually. Yeah. Where they would prescribe whatever right and sometimes they would prescribe the wrong thing back Mm -hmm. then well they still do today people would have an allergic reaction people would die so a lot of these deaths might be from medication it's very probable i mean that's still something overdoses or whatever and that's still and you know you and back then in the early or late 1800s early 1900s you still had people with tuberculosis you had people with uh with cancers. Right. And, and back then, you know, cancer they didn't was, have x-rays back then. Yeah. And you could say, yeah, you have consumption when it's basically a term for someone with TB cancer. It was, and consumption was basically the disease was consuming them. They would yeah. look like they're, they're willowed up and they're, it's basically a up. terminal, like you're going to die. Yeah. So. And there's nothing And consumption was always here's fatal. some drugs to help while you die. And it was usually like laudanum or, uh, morphine. Something powerful. Yeah. Uh, cocaine was actually yeah. a, Heroin. They would just heroin. go straight up heroin. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's very pros- possible these people were dying that way as well. So, it's also been said that there is um, activity- Better times. <laughs> 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 no, dude, I would hate to live back then. Yeah, I mean, because... Just imagine, you barely make it past 50, right. right? Usually. You don't have any good medical care. I mean, the, the most medical care they have is just someone standing at your bedside wiping your head. Yeah, I mean, right? you had like drugs and stuff, but I mean, at this time, drugs only do so much, though. Right, and and surgeries, I mean, they're not like they are now. They're it, not; they weren't was, as sterile. You would die from an infection. Mm-hmm. You would literally cut your finger and die from it. Yeah, it, you had um, medical care because I don't think anybody in their right mind would would say I would rather live in this time era because, you know. Back then, you're still dying of smallpox. Yeah. Back then, you're still dying of polio. It's not the like Dickens romance version of the 1800s. Yeah. I you mean, know? It, uh, it was a lot nastier and sicker. And well, yeah. I mean, back then, I mean, you still had people. I mean, you what they call it the Gothic era. Uh, you still had people, you know, dumping uh, their chamber pots out in the street. Yeah. You know, so I mean, they're. I mean, is that really what you want? To, I mean, I guess if you live in some places of California, you can still find poop in the street. So you can poop in the ocean. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it. We're, we're you know, some things become vogue again. So, um, so it, there's also been reports that people have been hearing uh, people whisper in their ears, which is um, like several reports of like hearing disembodied voices whispering in their ears, which is where we get the name. The whispers of state. There are also How original, right? Well, yeah, it actually is a cool name. I do like that name. I do too. Whispers. It has a very whisper. Yeah, it has a very mysterious yeah. vibe to it. I like it. 
So there's also a report of that there are four graves in the backyard, not including what psychics have called a pit grave in which they say contain amputated limbs, internal organs, and aborted fetuses, which wouldn't Ew. be anything now because now they would all be old worm food. So, I mean, there wouldn't be nothing left but probably bones if there's anything at all. I'm just thinking of just a, just a pile of limbs, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean, back then you had to do something with them. Yeah. I mean, and back then there wasn't like, you know, because now hospitals, they have incinerators for that stuff. Yeah. Um, they didn't have that back then as much. Right. Because ne- cause it's considered biohazard. So they yeah. would incinerate them. But ne- but back then that didn't happen. So you need to do something with these organs. Uh, now, as far as the aborted fetuses are concerned, the issue there would be if that the good doctor was performing abortions in the late 1800s. That would have been an illegal activity, which wasn't uncommon. Uh, right. It was. But that would also be, I mean, if he had gotten I feel like caught, doctors back then, they didn't get paid as much as they do now. A lot of them would just be like, hey, hey slip me a 20, I'll do an abortion. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff, I mean, there was... Um, slip me a 20. Yeah, I mean, there was, <laughs> I mean, it was, there were some doctors that would perform abortions and it would, it would be undocumented, under the table. It's um, kind of like Florida in the 90s. Doctors were like, slip me a 20, I'll give you hero. Right, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Havana. But, what do they call it? The oxy high, the oxy highway, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, in Florida. But uh, do do do. Yeah, the Oxycontin Highway. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, crazy. Fun stuff. It all started in Florida. It did. It when actually they, all started at at Purdue Farm when they made Oxycontin. What are you talking about? Where the chicken farm? Purdue Drugs. Oh, the. the you said Purdue Farms, and I mean Purdue, I'm talking about chickens. I believe it's Purdue Pharmaceuticals is oh, the okay. one that made Oxycontin. Oh yeah, right. They're the ones that created it. Yes. And then it spread into an epidemic. That is that is what's responsible for the opioid epidemic. It's, yeah, a lot of it. I don't want to say Purdue, but I think it is. I'm not sure. I know they were sued for creating it. It might have been Lily. I don't know. I don't remember. I know it was in Indiana. I'm not surprised. But yeah, anyway. But there's also reportedly a portal slash vortex, which runs up through the house from the front parlor into the third floor room attic. Uh, the room in the attic is said to be the heart of the house. It's got the most activity out of anywhere else in the home. Uh, guests that are brave enough to sleep in the third room floor or third floor room, rather, uh, they say they have horrible nightmares, dreams, and that uh, they always uh, that when they are trying to sleep in there that the doorknob will start to jiggle and shake as if someone's trying to break into the door just to correct myself i was listening just now uh-huh. just to correct myself and to confirm purdue pharma, pharma the maker and creator of oxycontin and the sackler family have been alleged role in the opioid epidemic and has been sued and okay so purdue pharma i'm not sure if that's purdue as an in indiana purdue or what i think they're different okay but that's what it's saying here. Okay. So that's I was right when I said that. Don't okay. don't tear me apart in the comments. Anyway, because when you said Purdue Farms, I was thinking about the chicken company. You know, yeah, but wrong Purdue. So uh, visitors have also reported a shadow, which they call the Big Black, which is not a racist term. Okay, <laughs> Big Black Boykin from <laughs> what's that show? <laughs> Rob Deerdeck's show. Yeah, you're my best friend. Nope. I yeah. love that show. I miss that show. It was fun. I haven't seen it in a while. Too bad he died. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway. You're going to get me thinking about like MTV shows and right. stuff. And now I'm thinking about like 
The like, only MTV show I watch now Viva is Bam. The Challenge. Oh, yeah. That's the only thing I watch. Do you remember Bully Beatdown? Sort of. Oh, I love that show. I like the Mystery Date show where they would have they would be in a bus and they would have like three or four contestants. Oh, yeah. It was so fake and scripted. And it then was. the girl would be like, I don't like him. It's like mm-hmm. you spent a minute with him. <laughs> anyway. So you got the big black. And this is an entity that they say is not of this world. Um, it is most commonly encountered in a doctor's rooms and it has been seen, but it has been seen throughout the house as well. Um, I'm guess, guessing it's a big shadow figure. That's, that's kind of my take. Big black. Or like one of those like blob type entities. You yeah. Because it doesn't, it just says a shadow. I mean, that doesn't, so it doesn't really say what, what we're uh, dealing with, but I would say it's either a blob entity or a shadow in person. Like you said, I guess I've also said they experience earthquake-like tremors in some of the uh, the doctor's bathroom, and it says no, not those kinds of tremors, but they are said to referring to tremors of a paranormal origin, whatever that means. I've never heard of that. Have Sometimes you? though, there'll be a tre- especially in these old houses, where if you're near like railroad tracks, you get tremors after the train has already gone, right? Because of just the reverberations from it. Or the house has to settle after that. Right. That's not uncommon. Uh, that's true. I mean. Especially in an old house like this. I don't know how near they are to like railroad tracks or, or whatever, but. I mean, it is Indiana. There's a lot of old houses here. There are. We're not earthquake prone. We do get some every once in a while, but yeah. I mean, it's not something you would. You don't even notice them, though. Experience quite a bit. I think the last one I remember us having was like an 08. I was a kid and there was one, it shook our dishes. Yeah. Um, I'm looking actually on Google maps right now and I'm not seeing anywhere where there's railroad nearby. Okay. Cause I've seen some of these old houses or even hotels, like small, small hotels that you would consider a B and B. Right. And sometimes there's a train stop literally right outside their back door where the train would just come and it was considered a little luxury stay, especially during the Confederacy and stuff right. back during the war. And uh, the train would literally stop at their house, pick up passengers, and move on. So, hey, on uh, Google Maps, it's saying that Gus Grissom's boy, boyhood home was like four blocks away. I don't from even know who that is. Gus Grissom, he was an astronaut. There's a Grissom oh. Air Force Base up north is named after him. Okay. Um, He's no Buzz Aldrin. I'm going to say it. Uh, I think if I remember right, Gus Grissom died while they're trying to re interact. Uh, was it Apollo 11? Oh. He was him and three other astronauts actually Dang, burned up in the that's shuttle. That's a rough way to go. Yeah. You think you're going to make it home? Dude, that's terrible. Yeah, they were trying to re-enter or something like that. And then uh, something, and they were reporting back that they were having issues. And then the inside caught fire. And Oh, man. Houston, and, we have a problem. That's where that came from. Well, it? that was Apollo 13. Well, I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think I think it was Apollo 11. It was the one that they died in, I think. I think. They did have a problem, though. They definitely did have a problem. That sucks. Um, EVP sessions have also revealed that many entities in the house are there at any given time. Uh, but you, it's, this uh, particular uh, website says that you don't always need recording equipment to hear these disembodied voices at the whispers. Yeah, see, I've always wondered that. Where do spirits go when they're not showing themselves? You know? Right. Do they just rest? Maybe. Where do they go, Or though? maybe they just don't have enough energy to... So what are they just nothing? Are they just... I think they're there I because mean, energy, I mean, is never gone. So they're just observing. Possibly. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're just like, just like chilling out. It's a weird question to ponder. 
I've never thought about it, but yeah. Do they sit there and watch you? I'm watching you too, spirits. Yeah. So um, they actually say that um, they, uh, that uh, Dr. Gibbs has been known to whisper in people's ears, uh, and he likes to grab and grope at women, supposedly. Well, I mean, what doctor doesn't? No. <laughs> if just kidding. If, if you're a doctor, Noah's the one that made that I'm comment. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, they also say that beds and couches are known to visibly shake and that people have reported that while they're sleeping on on the beds that the beds have been known to shake with them on it. Oh, every bed shakes when I'm on it. Giggity, giggity. Giggity, giggity. No, I'm just fat. Oh. Well. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, often guests have decide, said they decided they'd rather sleep as close to the front door as possible just in I would too. I would want to sleep on the side of the bed that's close to the door, so I can get up and run, mm-hmm. and cl- the closest room to the front door, so I can get out. I because if that door opened and closed five times like that, I'd be gone after the first one. I would really like to. I mean, if if this house is as haunted as they say, I mean, I would want that experience. See, I would. I think knowing myself, I would see the door do that. I would run outside, collect myself, All right. come back in, and see what else happened. I, I would need a minute to separate myself, though, and just be like, all right, give me a second. I got to absorb this. I got to calm down. No, I actually did see a video that was attached on a YouTube channel where, um, and see, I'm, I've got reservations about this particular video I saw because they have a camera pointed at the door, but the camera is not directly pointed parallel to the door it's about 45 degrees off so what you see is the 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 door starts to jiggle and then it swings open but the door swings open to where it's facing the camera but not the doorway so you don't see if there's actually someone standing on the other side of the doorway that would be an easy way to fake it wouldn't it that'd be a super easy way so if someone faked it see what i think happens is a place like this somebody comes along and says, oh, it's haunted because maybe they did have an experience that made them believe that. And then the realtors or the owners or other guests start to say, yeah, it is haunted because now they're getting attention. The website's getting more views, all this stuff. Yeah, it is haunted. And then you get knuckleheads who start to fake footage and all that stuff. And of course they're going to roll with it. You're not going to hear the owners or the realtors come out and say, that's fake. Well, there's been a lot of investigators that have gone to whispers. Uh, there's actually one group. I'm talking called, about in general, though, oh, like right, right, just right. with every place. And there know? are people that we do want to try to add to the to the legend and lore, and they want to add to that zeitgeist. Well, it's like those jackasses that, like, we were just watching that Franco mm-hmm. at the Overlook, at the Stanley, right. and people were writing red rum. They were just doing that because Stephen King came up with that. Right. But they're just doing it to make the place look like it's more haunted than it is. Right. That's the same with everything. Right. And I, I think there's legit, like there's a legitimate stories and then you got the fake stories. Yeah. And I think that if you have enough people that are able to corroborate, okay, like um, Story Inn over in Story, Indiana, you got the, uh, what, the blue lady? There's I was a, there. I did a wedding there. I think there's enough stories from, who tell the same story. And some people who have been there who never heard the stories who are able to corroborate you're like, okay, there was, there's something there. And I think maybe this might be uh, part of it too. Um, so we'll close up the paranormal part of this by saying, uh, 
uh, this other part too. Um, that people have noticed uh, smells of baby powder, like we said before. They've also noted pungent smells of cologne and aftershave, cigar, smoke, tobacco, rancid meat and cabbage, uh, dirty medical bandages, and more. Ugh. Um, dirty bandages freak me out more than anything. You know what? Like, you know in what? a pool when you see a bandage, dude. About, that makes you uh, want to just go, you know what? Pool day's done. Pool it day's done. It makes me sick thinking about mm-hmm. it. I get out of the pool. I'm done swimming. Yeah, I'm done. If I see a bandage in the pool, I don't care how oh. far away I get from it. I'm done. You know there's enough chlorine in there to kill anything that was on that bandage, but dude. Yeah. You, it's so gross. There was one time a while back. I'm uh, about to throw up thinking about it right now. <laughs> Well, there was a time, I think it's been about a, a season or two ago, but me and the wife, we took the kids swimming over at the local pool. We found a Band-Aid. Yeah. Okay. So gross. Pool day was done. We'd already been there an hour anyway. Like, hey, pool day's done. Pool day's done. And they're like, why? There's a Band-Aid in the pool. I was like, come on. I'm like, nope. Band-Aid's in the pool. It could have just go. been covering a, a paper cut, but it's it's <laughs> still so gross. Pool dude. day's done. Yep. Um, I wonder why it is that gross, you know? Because you're now you're in contact indirectly to that and it's yeah. just it's like i don't know what was on that band it's like yeah there's enough chlorine and chemicals the worst in there, is when you step on one yeah oh mm. my god or you or you're swimming and you stir it up and it's, it's like so right here gross, in front of your dude. face it's so gross yeah i think this the band-aids might be more terrifying than and anything at the whispers Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was saying that, that a turd in the pool. I was comparing it to a turd in the pool, but you're right. <laughs> we both connected eyes, and I said, the poop? <laughs> that was Not perfect. the direction I was I going. I wish we were doing video for this episode. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh, my God. Then a poop? Uh, I I wasn't direction I was going, but that too. It yeah. is. I would rather see a turd in the pool than a band aid. That's so funny. I have to disrespectfully disagree with that. It, it depends. If I step on the band aid, I'm freaked out more than anything. If I stepped on a piece of poop, I'd be pretty dis. I don't want to step on the poop. No. But if a kid pooped on the other side of the pool, well, pool day's done too. Then yeah, I'm still getting out, but I'm still more freaked out about the band aid. Oh yeah. Yeah, because the poop. I mean, you can get away from it easily. <laughs> That's true, right? Unless and it's people, a floater. <laughs> when people see poop, they're instantly going to start screaming, so you know it's there, so you get out. <laughs> when most people see a band aid, they're not going to acknowledge it. No. So I'd rather have the poop because you would know instantly to get out. <laughs> That's true. That's anyway, true. Anyway, not somebody's AIDS band aid. You just assume assume when you see a band-aid that that person had AIDS or something, like every time. I just assume hepatitis. I never go that. That works too. Any kind of disease that you don't want to catch. In the poop. Oh, man. The the value of this this episode just went way. We both locked eyes and just started laughing immediately. (laughs) Oh. Okay. So, one other thing. Um, guests have also said that their camcorders have been moved by unseen presence and thereby disturbing the viewpoint of the intended target. Yeah. No, the, when that, when that's a pretty common thing, thing too, when you're, uh, like if you're doing video of a paranormal or a haunted place, a lot of times there's an, and you can go on YouTube and search it if you want to, uh, where the entity will turn or drop the camera so it doesn't spot it. Uh, there was actually one, uh, poltergeist. So if you have a, like this tripod here, if you mm-hmm. have a heavy camera on here and it's unlevel yeah. and you don't tighten this up, it'll start to turn. Yeah. There was uh, one video I saw 
um, where this guy was having a lot of uh, paranormal activity in his house. It was like violent paranormal activity. And he lived by himself and he set up a camera and you can see like a shadow come into like one side of it. And, and almost like it was staring at it. And all of a sudden it, the camera is literally picked up. So it's actually picked up and then it's dropped. It's like, how dumb are you? Like, do you not know that the camera already caught you doing this? Yeah. It's like, Hey, you're going to not be seen now. Yeah, we already know you're here. I just saying that just gave me goosebumps because I, I saw the video and like, that is some of the, and the growl Yeah, because almost like it, like, and the growl happened when it picked it up, almost like it knew it got that caught. That was probably a demon then. Yeah. If it's growling. The guy even thought it was a demon. Ghosts don't growl. But he was like, once he knew he was on camera, yeah, he got mad. That's probably a demon. But I'm like, but it was like one of the most legitimate captures of paranormal activity that I've because ever seen. Because demons can actually move stuff and like poltergeists can, but demons can actually pick stuff up and move them. Yeah. Ghosts can't do that, right? Not well. I mean, it's been reported that they can. They can't just pick a camera, a heavy oh, camera like up though, no. and hold it and move it and all that, right? I mean, it. I mean, it definitely looked like a dark entity. I mean, especially with the growl. I mean, that's something very menacing. Yeah, that's not a good. Whatever's in your house isn't good. Most ghosts are neutral, right? Yeah, typically. Like, typically neutral. They say that like ninety nine point nine percent of hauntings are the haptic hauntings, mm-hmm. like the where it's just a ghost repeating a cycle of something right. because it's the imprint of the energy. Right. They're not actually, even if you see them or hear them, they don't know you're there. They're just doing their thing. Right. So you might think, Oh, he yelled at me or something, but no, he might've just been doing his thing. He, he, could, have been, even, he could have been yelling at his kid. Cause they're not intelligent enough to even know that you're there. It's just energy. Mm-hmm. It's not even actually a spirit. It's just the energy that it left behind there. Right. Right. So we can interpret it differently. And like, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, and there's like, like my, uh, incidents, like say at the Pixie theater, mm-hmm. I believe that entity, at least the male that I've captured on, on tape, that entity is definitely, that's an intelligent haunt that, that whatever that entity is, is definitely intelligent. Uh, at least it's responsive. Yeah. It's not going through the motion. It's not an imprint. It is something there. But most spirits yeah. are like that. Mm-hmm. So if you are interested in going to the Whispers for a night, uh, their average price, now they do run specials. Um, and at the bottom, uh, if you go to their website, there's actually whispersestate.epizy.com. And you can actually get uh, they have a list of their specials there, but this is what they usually run on average. Um, $300 a night uh, between Sunday and Thursday nights, so weekday nights, yeah, with an additional $30 per person if you have over 10 people in your party. Uh, $300? For the weekend, which is Friday or Saturday night, is $400 on national, $40 a person. That's a better over deal. 10 persons. If you're going to do it, stay two nights, yeah. right? Well, you don't for do both. You can more. do Friday or Saturday. Oh, so if you were okay. to do both, it'd be eight hundred bucks. I got you. Um, that's but, cr- but they do run specials. So like, um, that's probably because a lot of people are actually staying here and profiting off of it by making ghost videos and stuff. Probably. So they feel like they could charge more. I, I did see they are running a special right now, right? Because what what is it? April. Yeah. Okay. So April ten. Do, do, 
Yeah, they are running a special right now that if you stay on a weekday, a single weekday, uh, Sunday through Thursday, it's $200 a night. And if you do a weekend, it's $300 a night. So they dropped $100 per night, depending on what you want to do between uh, January and May 2021. 20, uh, 20, uh, Sorry, the uh, my uh, internal Elmer Fudd is coming out. Um, and then, then from June to December 2021, it's uh, $200 an overnight between Sunday and Thursday, and then $300 uh, well, it's basically the same special, then, isn't it? Uh, between June and December 2021. So basically, it's overpriced, but I think they're just expecting people to make money off of it. Yeah, and and I'm imagining that it and, and they're saying is investigations because it, it's not like this is a tourist attraction down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Like this is in Indiana. See, my, people aren't going to be just coming here for vacation. See, my thing is like these these are reservations for investigations. I want her to be like, hey, look, I'm just staying overnight in Mitchell today. Can I just stay the night? I'm not wanting to investigation. I just want the experience staying here. I wonder if it's a different price. Because it's saying investigation price. It might be. They might ask you, why are you here? You know, but but unless you're doing an investigation, most people aren't going to just think, oh, I'll stay the night there. They're going to go to a hotel, right? Usually. Or a motel or something. You would have to know of the reputation here to want to stay here probably. That's true too. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, they're ca- they're capitalizing off of it, which is fine. I mean, that's fine. Whatever. If that's what you do, that's what you do, man. Right. I mean, I wouldn't mind doing an investigation there, but I don't know about... I'm not going to pay 300 bucks for it. Yeah. We no get way. 37 views on a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we got like 40 views on our video. It's got to pay for itself, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what the that's what the Teespring store is for. You guys got to pay for our, our excursions. I mean, we're not paying for it. I'm just kidding. That's not what we're using it for. No. Unless that's what we choose. We haven't actually for. been on an excursion yet. No, we still have a couple things lined up. Um, I think it would be fun. It would be a fun video if we did. Yeah. So if you guys want to see that, let us know. You uh, know, the Pixie's always open for us. We just got to let yeah. them know that we want to be there. We're still wanting to line up the. Uh, if you have equipment and you want to join us. Yeah. You know, uh, we'd love to have somebody join us. We're also wanting to take a trip out there to Fairland to the um, Allegheny Airlines site. Um, yep. so we have a couple things lined up. I we would just even, get in communication. if we got the fundraising correctly, I would go stay a night at this place. Yeah. I'm not going to pay 300 bucks out of pocket to do it. No, that's nuts. But if we had like a crowdfunding or something where people want us, want us to do it, then I would do it. Yeah. You I'd know? go to Mitchell. Yeah, I would too. It's only an hour and a half away from here. It's not bad. Yeah. So anyway, um, but yeah, that's kind of our episode for the, for the day. Um, like I said, I discovered the whispers by accident, just Google and stuff. And I was like, well, that's kind of neat little, little something. Yeah. I mean, uh, last week you had, or the week before it was Allegheny, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And you had this one. So all these local places are pretty cool, man. Yeah. You keep finding them. I got to say that like the, uh, I actually listened to some EVP stuff from a Facebook page or not Facebook, a YouTube channel called Paraholics. Uh, they've gone to like Step and other places. Uh, they got some really decent EVPs. So if you go to their YouTube cha- uh, page, heck, tell them that you, we sent you there. Um, yeah. But they went to uh, the Whispers and it sounded like they had some really good EVP stuff. Um, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. This is part two of a string of video or of podcasts slash videos where we're focusing on local hauntings. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to title it Paranormal Indiana. Yeah. And this is the second one. The first one's the Allegheny. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to find one at least every other week or so in yeah. Indiana. Yeah, because like we've uh, we've talked about the Demon House before. So up and Gary, that doesn't really count though. Uh, yeah, I mean we because um, I mean that's the thing too. When we created this podcast, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we did at least ever so often was to bring forward like local paranormal stuff. Yeah, or uh, the serial killer. Yeah, what's his? What was uh, his name? Pleasant Pruitt. Pleasant Pruitt. Uh, you know, we, you know, I found him by accident and that was, uh, really cool. So, I mean, we try to keep things local. Yes. We talk about other stuff. We've talked about the black eyed kids. We've talked Indiana. about, uh, men in black. We've talked about UFOs. Indiana has a very rich history. We really do. It's I mean, a good state for, for lore, you know, there were coal mines. Mm-hmm. People yeah. died in the coal mines here yeah. in Indiana. So, I mean, there's tons of things we could talk about. See, the one thing that I wish Indiana was more like Ohio about because there's not a lot of things I wish Indiana was more like Ohio but Ohio like accepts their weirdness they have a lot of paranormal stuff yeah I mean and they accept it they embrace it and they're public about it right uh one of the my favorite uh paranormal podcasters Jim Harold is uh, I think he's like out of Cincinnati or Cleveland and Ohio just embraces their paranormal background where Indiana is like we like that stuff but we do it in hushed they're, tones, so we don't really more, talk about it as loud. They're a little more progressive than us in a way, though. Well, at least with the paranormal stuff, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I wish like it, Hoosiers were a lot more talkative about it because we do have a very rich paranormal history. Uh, I remember a, because most people will ex- will experience something, but they're scared of how they're going to be judged when they talk about it. Right. We want to open that up to to you know, don't worry about being judged. Who cares if if somebody thinks you're crazy because of a story you told. You shouldn't be their friend anyway. Like, well, who cares? I mean, and you, I mean, that's the thing too is like ghost sightings go back thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, we're not just talking about, I mean, it, so I mean, are you literally saying that, you know, that hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people throughout time are, 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 are crazy? They're, I mean, and, and, and then on top of that, people have experienced seeing the same stuff for a couple hundred years. There are ancient drawings of, you know, Bigfoots and aliens and all this stuff. So it's, it's not any different you know, the right. today. And I just think that, you know, people need to embrace it. I'm, I remember there was a, a video on um, WFYI. I think it was when I was like 12 years old, 10 years old. And it was like literally a local documentary about Indiana paranormal stuff. And I remember there was this old house. It was an 1800s house and they were, had a video camera on this house and there was an upper story window and I wish I could remember the name of, of the documentary because I would try to look it up like on YouTube or something. But they had a camera up there and they took a picture and in the picture they could see um, like a hooded figure. Yeah. Well, then they went in and they actually took the, took the negative and they uh, did something with the negative and it looked like, like a Grim Reaper figure. Where like you could see a skull, you saw the eyes, the teeth. I mean, it and, and like inside of a robe, it had like a Grim Reaper feel to it in the negative. But they couldn't see it in the original photo. It was only when they brought out the negative did they see that, like that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just nuts. And and this was all Hoosier stuff. Like there was one uh, where they saw like a there was a legend of um, a ghost would go through this field with like a blue lantern, and they were out there with a camera. And there, all of a sudden, they saw this blue light going through the field. Uh, I feel like Southern Indiana would have a richer 
paranormal history because it's closer to Kentucky, which was divisive in the Civil War. Like, a lot of people fled to southern Indiana to hide out. A um, lot of slaves did. You had, um, um, well, I mean, Indiana, I mean, like, you got Indianapolis. That's got a lot of paranormal uh, connections. You've got yeah. Mitchell that's got a few. Edinburgh's got a, a lot of stories. Um, Columbus has got a few. Apparently, there's like a, I think we talked about Columbus High School one time. There was apparently like a boy that haunts the, uh, the theater, the auditorium. But a lot of the strongest hauntings we hear of are from the Civil War era, right? I mean, like there's a lot of hauntings from that. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, military casualties numbered a six, uh, let's see, 620,000. It didn't count civilian casualties, especially civilian casualties from the South. When the Union Army did their march to the sea and they were killing pretty much anything that walked, yeah. um, uh, men, women, children, and slaves. Um, I mean, the Union Army would literally walk through a town and just burn down every building that had anything to do with the Confederacy. Yeah, I mean, there was um, even if you were, let's say that doctor just now we talked about this episode. Mm -hmm. If the Union Army came through there and found out that he had harbored some Confederate soldiers to help heal them they would burn that house down yeah, there was a story about um even though he was from the north yeah. they would still burn his house down there was a story it was a, a regiment from sherman's army was going through this town and there was a, a group of freed black men uh well a family a couple families and they were trying to protect their homes and they shot them I mean, they were, and they were freed black men. And they're like, Hey, you know, don't burn our homes. And they were like, we're going to burn your home. There's gotta be a lot more energy in the South <clears throat> of Indiana. There's, than, um, you know, well, during I mean, that time period, I mean, well, there was actually, um, a group of Confederates that actually invaded, uh, Indiana for a small, short period of time. Uh, it was in Corridon and there was a small skirmish, uh, because they actually dispatched some Union soldiers. I've heard of the term the Battle of Corridon before. Yeah. I've heard of that. And so they were like, well, we don't know how long it'll take for them to get here. So the civilians basically took up muskets and they started to fight the cavalry, the, the Confederate cavalry that was in town. And they're like, well, this is a little more heated than we expected. Just a Confederate cavalry that got separated and went the wrong way. No, and they, they just ended up here on accident. No, they intended it. Really? Yeah. Because what were they thinking, dude? <laughs> well, they didn't think there was, well, there wasn't. There wasn't they much didn't of a garrison. what they got, did they? Well, no, because they were like, they were expecting apparently at some point Confederate reinforcements for Kentucky to come up and welcome to Indiana. So bitch. they were basically going to be the vanguard. So we're like, Hey, we we're claiming this territory in the name of the Confederacy. And the civilians are like, well, nope. we don't know when the union's going to, when the union detachment's going to get here. So, cause they were dispatched from Indy. So they're like, well, crap. So they took up muskets and then the Confederate cabinet was there. Like we didn't expect this heat from the civilians. So they went towards Ohio well, the Confederate or the Union Detachment in Ohio was already heard about what was going on through Telegraph. On them. So they were they met him at the border. So I think it was Jun Hunt, uh, Confederate Commander Jun Hunt Morgan's brigade that got captured, and they tried to flee to Kentucky, but they ended up getting cornered. So John Hunt Morgan actually got captured there, but then he ended up breaking free and went back to Kentucky, uh, and then went in Tennessee, and I think he actually got killed in 1864. Uh, shortly after that. Oh, right before the end of the war. You almost made it, man. Yeah. Oh, but you're out. You almost got out. So there's Gosh. your there's your little American history right there. There you go. So that anyway. sucks. What about all the people that like died on the day the war ended? You know, oh, it's yeah, like that, if I would have freaking waited one more day. Yeah, there was a, a short that uh, there was a bit of um a small skirmish uh, at the Appomattox Courthouse the day that 
Lee finally chose yeah. surrender. Oh, or it's like World War II news took forever to spread. So like once, you know, the Japanese declare surrender or whatever, it took a few days for that to make its rounds, right? Yeah. And people are still fighting in Germany and stuff. It's like, man, if only we knew, we could have just stopped fighting because the war's over now. Well, what about like the Battle of New Orleans during the War of 1812? It yeah. took place after 1812 already ended. Uh, they already signed the treaty and... It just sucks, man. What was it, two weeks or two months later, they fought in Battle of New It'd Orleans? It'd be cool if like you got to heaven, like after you die. Nazis didn't go to heaven. Actually, I don't wish this for Nazis. But most people, if they die after that cutoff date of the surrender... God issues a pardon. He's just like, yeah, you know what? You did die after that. I'm going to give you a death refund. Here you go. And he just like sends you back. You're good. Oh, yeah. Because you kept fighting valiantly on either side. You That'd know? be cool. Except for Nazis. They can go to hell for all I care. Yeah, I'm cool with but that. Everybody else, you know, we're cool. Yeah, I'm cool with that. God's just like, here's a refund slip. Go back. Take that to the front desk there. <laughs> They'll put you back in your body. You go down. You have to live with the mortal wounds. But other than that, you can still live. That'd be cool. So it's just like a headless guy. Yeah, He's like a zombie. They're like, oh, yeah. well, there he is. Hey, that over there, that's dickless Joe Williams from the <laughs> Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. My imagination's going crazy. Talking about poop and... Yeah. I'm, I'm lethar- not lethargic. Uh, what do you call it? Lackadaisical? Yeah, I think so. I haven't used that word for a long time. Anyway. So that's... uh. That's uh, the Whispers Estate out of Mitchell. Um, that was the Whispers Estate followed by a rant followed by American history. There you go. The state we're in. Yeah, the state we're in. It was it was that podcast mixed with... The state we're in is dead, and I just want people to accept that. I know you're trying to bring it back. Everybody's trying to bring it back. We're getting thousands of comments oh, yeah. <laughs> from people saying, bring back the state we're in. Oh, there's a ton of people. Um, first of all, we don't have our... We don't have... We don't have our newsworthy president anymore to talk, to make fun of and have, because so, he was so entertaining. I don't know. We still have a pretty newsworthy yeah, president. Trump was so entertaining. Every day he was tweeting something crazy or, or just blowing up on people. We don't have that every day now like we used to that fueled the fires for that state we're in. Right. Right. I'm just saying now it would be a more somber, like depressing discussion. Oh, that okay. That's true. That'd Trump true. was the energy of... Can you believe what he said today? <laughs> like, right? How many times was that said? Anyway, I don't want to get political, but that was the whisper, the whispers estate. Yeah, if you guys, um, if you do have the the jack to spend the night there, um, give them give them a call and um, make the trip, and uh, maybe you can get yourself a uh, a few uh, other worldly whispers and doors opening, and maybe your bed will shake and tremor otherworldly as well yeah i wonder what was in that closet that made it keep opening like that you know Mm -hmm. i don't know are you expecting like a joke i was at first no i wasn't gonna make a joke (laughs) i could tell on your face you were like what's he gonna say (laughs) so i don't know i mean because i mean there was like i said there was that one bedroom door that kept swinging open too or trying to get swung open it was the master bedroom door but it wasn't there was like two so you got one room where the closet door swinging open and then you got the master bedroom the door is trying to come open but it won't open which is weird so there's that how do you uh i want to leave you with this how do you find will smith in a snowstorm how look for the fresh prince
Oh. <laughs> that is a dad joke if I ever heard one. <laughs> you looked at me like, are we going to have to delete this podcast because <laughs> of a racist joke? <laughs> Edit. <laughs> That's what I'm leaving you with. We're going to get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm leaving you with. This was a fun episode. I like doing local stuff. If you enjoyed it, let us know. Yeah, we love doing local stuff too. Like, comment, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. Word of mouth, all that. Yep. All right. Peace out, Indiana. Bye-bye.